Ariana Roberts, the co-host of Arcana Imperii. I'm here with my co-host, Gabrielle Roberts. Arcana Imperii is a podcast that focuses on technology, current events, arts, literature, and things of interest to students. Today we're going to be looking at two facets of the coronavirus epidemic. One, the management of the crisis, and also we're going to be speaking with people on the front lines of this crisis. So our first guest is going to be Lori Trahan, who is the representative for Massachusetts' 3rd Congressional District. She was the former chief of staff of Marty Meehan, and she was also a grad of Georgetown University and Harvard Business School. We'll also be speaking with Olga Piachnico, who is a nurse at Mount Auburn Hospital and a grad of UVM Nursing School. We'll turn now to the Lori Trahan interview. Mr. Hahn, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to speak with me. You bet, you bet. I, uh, uh, this is great that you're, uh, that you're doing this. It's always terrific to see, uh, you know, our young people engaged and helping their peers stay engaged. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, should we get right into the interview? Okay, so awesome first question. Um, parents and students are concerned about returning to school. How can students return to school while maintaining educational excellence? Oh, well, that's a great question. Uh, and uh, so first, thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, I'll start by saying that, you know, your, your commitment uh, to keeping your peers and parents and students and all your other listeners informed is more important now than ever. Uh, so I'm grateful for everything that you're doing. Um, in terms of your question, you know, the governor announced uh, about a month ago that schools would remain closed for the rest of the year, meaning that students would have to continue learning from home until summer vacation. And then the governor laid out his plan uh, on Monday to resume many aspects of daily life that have been suspended for the last couple of months. Uh, however, state officials have not yet decided whether K-12 schools specifically will reopen in the fall. Um, and for those who are wondering what will happen to our summer camps, uh, I think the governor's team is still working with the Department of Public Health to develop those safety standards uh, to allow them to reopen soon, possibly in uh, phase two. Uh, there's no question that we've all felt the challenges of changing to a remote learning system. Uh, and frankly, many families in our state and in the district I represent, they aren't as fortunate as mine. I mean, my husband and I are able to work from home and we can take shifts helping our, our two young girls uh, complete their assignments. Uh, but others don't have the same luxury, and it's something we need to be conscious of as policymakers uh, moving forward. It's the reason why we're hearing so much about the importance of, of child care as we, uh, as we recover. Um, but as we look forward to what education in the fall looks like, I think it's important that we have plans in place uh, in case we cannot safely send students back to school or if there is a second surge of COVID-19 cases uh, that forces us to stay home again. You know, when we passed the CARES Act back in March, I was glad to see that it provided uh, more than $30 billion for an education stabilization fund. Uh, that's for our states and our school districts and our, our learning institutions um, for costs related to the coronavirus. So although our, our school buildings are physically closed, educators have continued to help address uh, 
the basic needs of students uh, and develop those plans for providing online learning for all our students, including students with disabilities who need adaptive services or counseling or more one-on-one help, uh, our English language learners uh, as well. Uh, in addition, you know, college students facing closed campuses and the transition to distance education are dealing with increased costs and challenges, you know, just meeting basic needs like housing and food. So these funds are flexible by nature, uh, and they've been made available to states, including Massachusetts, to help address some of those needs. Um, you know, we know that although this was an important investment in our students, much more needs to be done uh, to, um, to get ready uh, for the fall. I returned to Washington just last week to vote for the HEROES Act, uh, which, you know, for our students and teachers, it would provide another $90 billion to support uh, statewide and local funding for elementary and secondary schools uh, and public um, post-secondary institutions to continue educating students and communities across the country. So um, this, uh, this legislation, it included a top priority of mine. You know, I sit on the education uh, and labor committee, and it provided $1.5 billion to help close the homework gap uh, so that our students and our, our libraries um, have access to Wi-Fi uh, and tablets and Chromebooks and everything that they need uh, to, uh, to continue online learning and, and to make that commitment to educational excellence. So you mentioned that schools have been turning to online learning now. Do you think students' learning has been impacted by this? And if so, like what can be done to fix this? Well, absolutely. I mean, on the one hand, the adjustment was, uh, it was, it required us to, you know, move with urgency, right? I mean, I know teachers who overnight had to adjust their uh, curricula to, you know, an online environment. And so they really need to be commended for how quickly uh, they were able to adapt um, their, you know, their learning plans. Uh, but now we have, a, you know, a moment where we have to plan for all scenarios. We have to figure out, you know, you know who maybe isn't, engaging with the material in a remote environment and how we ensure that we are crafting and designing our plans for, you know, the summer and for the fall uh, so that no student is left behind. And, uh, and it's, um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, the innovation that goes into uh, designing uh, those, those plans because, um, you know, we want to ensure that people who need, you know, small group uh, learning or counseling one-on-one or, in, you know, like I said, in a group or just general guidance uh, and um, uh, or on-hand learning. We need to make sure that uh, we have the tools so that we are, um, we're, you know, continuing the development of every student in every community. So I think that those plans are underway. And I've sat with a lot of superintendents uh, and uh, a lot of educators um, on every uh, you know, on, on, on every part of the spectrum, whether it's, you know, our early childhood, K through 12, uh, our higher ed institutions. And, uh, and those scenario plans are, are being done uh, as we speak. So, uh, and, and the goal is very clear. Uh, we cannot, we cannot um, you know, we cannot design plans that only, uh, you know, develop uh, a subset of our of our student population. We need to make sure that we've got you know plans that meet the needs of everyone. 
So earlier you were talking about how colleges are deciding to kind of open or not open or have like online classes. So should students be considering like gap years or should they like go ahead and do these online classes? Yeah, I think it's too early to say. I mean, to be honest, so much hinges on our ability to, uh, to you know, uh, deal with the public health, uh, uh, you know, crisis that's playing out in our communities. And I think Massachusetts has uh, certainly led in this way in terms of investing in more widespread testing, uh, investing in things like contact tracing. Uh, we do that because, um, you know, it's a... It's like in Massachusetts we follow like a lot strictly basing our decisions based off of science and you know Marty Walsh I've definitely seen has considered the scientific aspect has looked at the facts but in other places like in Florida Dr. Rebecca Jones was fired by the governor because she refused to manually change COVID-19 data to support reopening so how can we trust like the data each state is reporting if there's like a political pressure to change data to support the administration that is a terrific question, uh, and you know it's one that I think a lot of folks are are trying to you know navigate, especially uh, students who hail from Massachusetts who maybe uh, um, you know go to a college in a in another state. In fact, I was just on a phone call uh, with with Dr. Fauci, and and he was um, uh, emphasizing you know the CDC guidelines and taking a look at you know the standards that are are being put into place at a, at a national level as we, you know, proceed. Uh, you know, certainly Massachusetts has, um, as it has on many issues, has taken a, a leadership role. Uh, in part, that's because, you know, we were disproportionately impacted uh, by COVID-19 uh, relative to other, other states. Um, but also because, you know, we've made investments uh, in following a science-based uh, reopening, and and I think that's really important that you know we 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 think seriously about 
you know, what what the curve looks like, for example, on certain metrics, whether it's, you know, number of hospitalizations, number uh, of cases reported, the number of deaths. I mean, those are the types of metrics that you want to have in your mind's eye as you, uh, as you consider reopening uh, an economy. Uh, because, you know, I've, I've tried to think about this in terms of, you know, uh, sequences, uh, assuring public health. You don't actually get consumer confidence. Uh, you know, even student confidence with going back to school if people think that their health is going to be compromised. And so it's really important. That's why we talk so much about testing, tracing, and treatment, uh, because that is a way for, uh, for families and, and, and workers to have the confidence that they can go, uh, leave their homes, and, and not get sick. Uh, and not catch this uh, this virus. And so I think it's really important to follow the protocols uh, different states um, have, especially if you are a student that would be traveling uh, or going to school in another state or working in, in another state. But I'll tell you, I, I've, been, I've been a proponent from the get-go in terms of, you know, national standards uh, around how we deal with this outbreak and not leaving it to each and every state and having a patchwork response. Um, and, you know, I will, I will continue uh, to, you know, ensure that, uh, you know, our public safety as a country uh, has, you know, standards associated with it um, so that, you know, we don't have uh, another outbreak that makes us worse off down the road. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a valid question right now. I mean, that some of the things that we've seen in other states, whether it's Wisconsin with the uh, decision to go through with uh, an election last month to, uh, you know, the example you just gave in Florida. Um, some of these decisions have turned political, and in a, in a, in a pandemic and a global health crisis, there's no, uh, there's no room for uh, folks to play politics with, uh, with people's health. So I don't want to take up any more of your time. So the last question I like to ask you is: a lot of people, like in our district, um, they rely on public transportation to get into their jobs in the city. So, what like kind of measures do we have to take post COVID to ensure that public transportation is safe? Uh, you bet. You know, I think I think the most important thing we can do to keep people safe, especially. Uh, folks who rely on public transportation as their primary way to get around is ensure that we do everything in our power to reopen when the time is right and then put into place the mechanisms we need uh, to prevent a second surge when we do reopen. Uh, the, the worst thing that can happen for workers and for small businesses in Massachusetts is going back to the way we operated uh, pre-COVID-19 and causing uh, a second surge uh, of cases. At the same time, we have to make sure that our transportation authorities have the resources they need to keep their employees and their riders safe as uh, as we set to reopen. Uh, you know, last week I joined with uh, with members of the, the delegation here in Massachusetts to announce more than $863 million in funding uh, from the CARES Act for state and regional transit authorities. Um, and that's to give them the ability to, uh, to adjust uh, to uh, what um, what transportation and what transit is going to, to look like so that folks are, you know, socially distant um, and, and safe as they get to work or, or to, to their doctor's appointment, wherever they need to go. 
uh, public transportation workers have continued to show up every day, you know, on the front lines of this pandemic to deliver, you know, essential services for many of the most vulnerable in our communities. So, you know, I'm proud that this, this funding is a good first step, uh, and it'll prove pivotal in, um, in efforts to keep uh, these heroes who are showing up to work and their passengers uh, safe as we, uh, as we design, you know, transit for, um, for the rest of this year and into next. Well, thank you so much for your time, um, Congresswoman. It was really a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, it was great to talk to you too, Ariana. And thanks for doing this uh, podcast. I mean, I, I have to tell you, I often say that, you know, our greatest resource in our, or our greatest asset in our, in our country is our, is our young people. And what I've really seen over the course of my first term in Congress is so many young people uh, step up to so many policy discussions, whether it's in the climate, environment, um, you know, ending gun violence. Uh, so I really appreciate you leaning into these conversations and, and leading your peers on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for protecting, like, our community and everything. And um, I don't want to take up more of your time, so have a great day. You too, and stay safe, okay? Okay, thanks.